Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome, everybody, to the Value Clarity Podcast, where we talk about customer perceived value and all things related. I've got a great guest today, Tina Greenbaum. Tina, say hello. Hi there. How are you, Mark? Hi, everybody. Very well. So Tina works with executives who want to increase their performance level in high stakes, high pressure situations. She's a, uh, psycho a psychotherapist, but within this, within her practice working with executives, uh, she calls herself an optimal performance specialist. So she works uh, with executives, sports psychology, and she's got a signature program, Mastery Under Pressure. That sounds kind of timely, doesn't it? Uh, it empowers leaders and teams using some co uh, combination of neuroscience, energy psychology, sports psychology, uh, the current state of learning theory. And so in addition to Mastery Under Pressure program, she also works with uh, executives as kind of a thera coach on a one-on-one -on -one basis. So I really am excited to have Tina here now so that we can talk a little bit. Um, if you're listening to this recorded, uh, we are recording this right in the meat of uh, the, the COVID-19 lockdown when the whole world is pretty stressed and there's a lot of pressure on everybody. So I really am excited to have you here, Tina, so that we can talk through some of the issues that people are feeling right now and see if we can add any value and help. So welcome. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's good to have a forum to share some of this stuff. Well, why don't we get started and, um, get started by having you give your your uh, connection logistics i don't want to wait till the end of this uh for people to find out how to get a hold of you we'll do it again at the end but please okay. give us your connection logistics okay so my email is tina t-i-n-a at mastery pressure.com so if you look up Mastery Under Pressure, you look up my name, I have a book, I have an online program, but everything is this Mastery Under Pressure. So masteryunderpressure.com is the website. Tina at Mastery Under Pressure is my contact information. And great. I even have a quiz that we can talk about. Um, uh, great. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about your practice with executives. And then what I want to get into after that is, uh, actually, you and I have been talking about taking that executive performance under pressure to anybody, uh, especially in sales and marketing and customer facing roles. Right. So, you know, in the marketing world, we have to have a niche. Otherwise, you know, when I say I can help everybody, that doesn't really help my marketing. However, I really can because everything that I teach is applicable to no matter where you are in your life. So, Right now, I'm focusing on helping the C-suite because my belief is that if I get buy-in from that high level in a company, it will filter down to the rest of the company. And it, 
you know, if you have kids and you're raising kids and you and you're learning the, these tools that I teach, this is sort of my contribution to this is how we could have peace in the world. Yeah, absolutely. So you and I early on when we first got to know each other, I kind of told you the story that when I was doing some sales training, um, we would talk a little bit about having to plan a sales call because that is kind of a lifeline when you get a little bit stressed, right? The, the, the tunnel vision closes in and it's, it's the same adrenaline response as when you get in an argument with a loved one and you think of the intelligent, brilliant comeback <laughs> after the argument is over. That's because your body is working the way it was designed. Your adrenaline shuts down your higher order reasoning because the humans who didn't try to negotiate with the king bear were the ones that successfully passed on their genes. That's right. So, That's right. So when we are in a situation and it seems like calm, in a sales situation, something unexpected happened and we get that tunnel vision. And so I talk about just having a conversation plan. You talk about having a mindset plan and a mindset conditioning so that when something happens, you have the capacity to overcome that adrenaline or um, you have the uh, capacity to tell us about it. I don't have to. Okay. No, you're on a, you're, you're on a good roll, Mark. You actually have the, the the gist of it really but what happens is we have a certain level of capacity for stress every single person has has their own capacity and i call it i didn't make this up i used to call it a buffer but now we have a clinical name for it it's called a window of tolerance so here comes the stress you know i have this certain amount of capacity energetic capacity and nervous system capacity to handle this stressor and then when, it, when it, my nervous system says too much, then that's when the adrenaline starts to pump and the cortisol and, and we, lose, you know, we lose that ability to think very clearly. So my whole program is really about teaching people how to increase this level of this window of tolerance. So here comes the stress and I have my body energetically can tolerate a lot of stress, which is what is so important under pressure. Right? If you're in sales or you're in leadership, you're anything where you have to think clearly on your feet, you want to be able to really have a big, big, big capacity where a problem comes and you say, it's a problem. Yeah. It's not something that, get, that sets the nervous system off. And when you talk about mindset, mindset is, is the mental side. So we have our thoughts and our thoughts affect how we feel. How the body, the emotional body, and the emotional body affects how we think. So in order to manage stress really well, we have to be connected to our bodies and our mind because they both impact each other. Yeah. And so we could go in either way. We could go in because the body gets triggered before the mind does. Yeah. So again, if you're just thinking mentally, 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 Okay, we have a whole universe that we haven't tapped into yet. Yeah. So when I was in sales training, we would really um, emphasize the need for having a plan for a sales call, a call plan. Mm -hmm. uh, and the idea is these are the, these are the areas that you want to cover. And so and a lot of times you get into a meeting and the customer says something and you might as well just crumple that piece of paper. Right. Up, right? <laughs> Um, however, what we would say is, 
not only plan your questions, but plan where you want the conversation to end up. Because if the customer does one of those things and takes your plan off the rails, you can look down at where you want that call to end. And that's kind of a little, a lifeline for you. It's like, ah, now I know where I'm going again. And you can start rebuilding your, uh, you can start rebuilding a plan on the fly if you know where you want the conversation to end. So we, that's how sales training companies mm -hmm. teach you to handle that stressful situation. But there's got to be way more. Well, what, what that, the way that that training goes is when you know where you're ending and you have a, you're creating structure. And so when we feel, when we have structure, we feel grounded. And when we feel grounded, we can think more clearly. Right? So practice and repetition, practice and repetition makes a great salesperson, right? Yeah. Because then you don't need the, the piece of paper in front of you. You, you know it by heart. And you know if somebody takes you off, you know where you want to come back to. And somebody takes you off and you want to come back to. So that's, that's how it serves, right? And at the same time, it's not a but, and at the same time, if you can begin to, to learn how to tap into what is happening in your body. I'm a really big, big, big fan of body awareness. So when we talk about mindfulness, mindfulness is a really big word these days, even though it's an ancient, ancient, ancient practice. But mindfulness means being aware in the present moment without judgment. So if I notice I'm on a sales call and I'm noticing that I'm tightening up, you know, my muscles are tightening up and I'm sort of losing my concentration, I'm getting distracted. So now I'm in the moment with myself at the same time i'm talking to this person but i'm also have this awareness that this is what is happening to me and if we practice well ahead of time how to calm the nervous system down which the breath is actually the only voluntary the only voluntary mechanism that we have that can change that sympathetic nervous system which is that fight or flight response to the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the one. Oh, yeah, and, and, and what did you say? Let me just catch what you said again. And, and while I'm doing that, I'm taking a nice deep breath. I'm feeling my feet on the floor. I'm grounding myself. I'm grounding my energy. And now I'm with you again. Yeah. Now I'm with you and I'm with my thoughts. And because I've practiced it so many times over and over again, I just can find my way again. Yeah, I, I love that, the mindfulness. And um, I'm kind of big on, you, you have to, as a really true professional salesperson, you have to enter that conversation with an intent. So it's not mindfulness. I, I also want to talk about the intent to be there for your customer, your client, to do the best for them. Um, I listened to this speaker uh, who was, um, he was an interrogator and he interrogated the guy that ended up, he, he was the one who found Saddam Hussein mm. with zero seconds to spare uh, at the end of his tour of duty. He was talking about uh, the normal interrogation techniques were successful 10% like of the time, 15% of the time. Mm -hmm. And he had a 60% success rate in breaking mm -hmm. an interrogation subject. 
And it was all about being the intent to listen and understand. Yes. And he talked about all of the distractions. And, and you mentioned the distraction of thinking about your stuff, which is thinking about what you're going to say next, thinking about your personal comfort, thinking about, you know. Yes. Right. Yes. My eye is itching or I'm about to cough or um, so all of these things and rising above that with the intent to be of, of maximum to yes. your attention to your, your counterpart. So you bring up so many, so many great things around. There's so much involved in that. As a practice psychotherapist for 30 some years, I call myself a professional listener. And I have some rules about that for myself. I never, and anybody that knows me really well and that has known me for a really long time, when I'm, when I'm in session, I never go ahead without making sure that we are on the same wavelength, that I have heard what you said. And so let's say I'm having a conversation with you and we're talking and I'm working on my sales things with you and I get distracted, the phone rings or I see a flash on my phone or something like that. And I come back and the person's still talking, but I have missed what they have said. Yeah. Right. So as a really good communicator, your job is to go back and say to that person, you know, could you repeat that again? I just didn't catch it. And once they do that, now I know that we're, we're together again. Okay. And what happens with, with so many people with listening is they have something in, like you said, they have something in their mind they want to say. And I've already lost what you're saying because I'm already ready for my next comment. And we are now not in sync. Yep. And so the job of the person who is really in charge of the conversation is the one that really it's their responsibility to make sure that because only when you listen, can you find what it is that your client actually wants, you know, and they lead you to the next question. I'll give you another piece to it when you were talking about that. Part of the program, part of my program is it's focus, relaxation, dealing with negative self-talk, how to visualize and dealing with fear. So in what you just said, we talked a lot about focus, recognizing when you're in focus and when you've gotten distracted, when you're out of focus, and then how to bring yourself back into focus. It's such a critical, critical, critical piece. Right? So yeah. and then, right? And then let's just say that somebody says something that throws you off. It's like, oh, this person's never gonna buy from me. They just blah, blah, blah. Well, now I'm already into my own head. I'm back into my own head again. And if I let that kind of talk go on, now again, we're separate again. I, I'm, not, I'm not syncing with you. Yep. And now you're not, you're not listening. You're, now I'm not listening. All of those advantages to have, having been silent, you're wasting, you're wasting that opportunity. Absolutely. Right. Um, understanding your customer's world is the key to understanding your value to their world because value is the customer's outcome and you have to understand your customer. You have to know thy customer's business before you can be of any help. And uh, I love the fact that stress 
And so many things can prevent our doing that. And so performing under pressure means listening under pressure. Yes, it does. For a salesperson. And um, that's why I've been, just for our, our listeners, Tina and I have been toying with the idea of um, offering some of her performance under pressure and, and doing some sort of uh, online courseware. And I would love to have folks either contact Tina, uh, we'll get your email address, and or me at marketboundyconsulting.com um, with your comments on what you'd like to see in something like that. And Tina, if you have some thoughts about some things that might be teasers or things that they say. So I, I would love to know from your listeners what their biggest challenges are. Now, we, again, we've got the things that you teach, Mark, in terms of the structure and, and, and you know, the kinds of things that you want to sell and the intention. I'm very interested in what's going on in the inner world. You know, like what's going on between their ears? <laughs> you know, where do they get stuck? Where do they feel like they need, they would really need some extra support? Because if we can't or you can't identify the problem, we can't fix it. And... Yeah. One of the things that helps me a lot of times when I'm moving forward, let's just say it's in sales and I'm moving forward and things aren't going well. Well, I have to be able to analyze without judgment why it's not going well. You know, yeah. Is it me? You know, am, am I, am I in my own head? Am I not connecting with my clients or, you know, or is it, I, I've got the wrong audience, which is a whole other set of issues and marketing and branding and, um, so there's so many different pieces. So failure, as we call it, you know, I never really think of failure if we don't learn something from it. If each person takes the time to really kind of look, like what's working for me, what's like super, we don't need to fix something that's really working. We need to congratulate it and celebrate it. But the pieces that are keeping you from being absolutely the most amazing salesperson that you could ever, ever, ever want to be. That's the, that's really the question. You know, you could already be good, but we wanted you to be great. So please, anybody, uh, I would, Tina and I both are really passionate about this area of, of sales performance. And I would love to be able to have uh, a collaboration between Tina and I where, um, or maybe it's, I, I, that seems like I'm hogging credit because Tina, you, you're the one who really owns this, this performance. Under hey. No, but you, you've mastered a lot of it, Mark, in, in terms of all the years that you have been successful in training other people. So they're, they're intimately connected. Yeah. You know, it's not like one piece is just, it's just like we're one person. And we have to look at, again, the pieces that need the most help and celebrate the pieces that, that, that are working. So a collaboration is amazing. Yeah. And the other thing that I really want to kind of impress to people so that they understand this kind of fight, flight, stress thing, is I, I, use, the, I use the definition of stress as the perceived amount of control that we think we have or we don't have. I so like the operative, operative word is perceived, right? And right now we're, we're kind of doing this in the middle of this COVID virus and, and how, how out of control so many people feel. And, but the answer always is to keep coming back, what is in my control? What's in my control? And I used the example, and somebody else used it the other day that I was listening to. Um, Victor Frankel was the, 
um, was a psychiatrist and, and was in, in Nazi Germany and he was in a concentration camp and everything else was taken away from him except his mind. And so we have to keep coming back to how we think and, and where your thoughts are. I always ask, if, uh, rather than positive thinking, I think of it as productive thinking. Yeah. Do my thoughts produce something useful and helpful for me? So we have lots of different skills that if you were a great athlete, and this is part of the way that I, I talk about what I do, if you were an Olympic level athlete, you would no sooner go out there to compete without training the mental side than the man in the moon. And yet we put people into high pressured, high stakes situations with no training. And so combining your sales training with this training, you will be unstoppable. You will be unstoppable. That's great. So, I want to kind of stop where we are and talk a little bit about everybody's life under COVID, right? Yes. People, we're, we're talking about what's going to happen in the after times and what we were thinking about doing in before times. But right now, people are fearful and we all know people who are shutting down and who are turtling in and who are going totally defensive. And that may or may not be the right choice. Um, you and I are in a, in a group of people who are kind of dedicated to being like the first responders for business. Mm -hmm. we, we're the ones who want to go into the burning building. We want to face the danger. And luckily, we're all in jobs where we can do it virtually so that we aren't in physical danger when we're helping people. But what is the mental effect when you go from that defensive mindset to I want to just be helpful to people. What happens in your mind when you make that decision? I'm here just to be the calming force, to be the supportive force. So we can't teach anything unless we've learned it ourselves. You know, I could no sooner talk about this had I not spent a long time training. Yeah. And every day when I do my gratitudes, I am grateful that I have the tools that I have so that I can control myself and then I can teach other people. So this is an opportunity for people to go inside. You know, there was a lot of time that we have, maybe, and really starting to get to know yourself from the inside. What does it feel like with the anxiety? What does it feel like with the fear? What does it feel like with the stress? Because just like any other problem that we're trying to solve, if we can't name it, we can't fix it. Yep. So uh, you and I were talking just before and, and the call that we were on, I was noticing this and I said to my husband, I said, I'm feeling really anxious right now. And so I stopped. Number one, I'm aware of the fact that I'm anxious. And number two, because my body feels it, my mind feels it, I'm, I'm very connected to that sort of flighty feeling. Okay, so now, okay, so what am I so anxious about? Well, then I start to name it. It's not really my business at this moment. I'm busy this moment. Okay, so it's not really my business, but what is, okay, so my kids are all over the country. You know, I have a son that's going into work every day. Um, that sits in the back of my mind all the time. Okay, next, what's in my control? What's out of my control? That's always my next question, yep. based on that definition of the use of stress. Well, I can't control the kids. I can't control what they do. What can I do? I can pray for them. I send them every morning. I send them blue light, healing light to keep around them and keep them all safe. That's 
all I can do. Okay, why else am I anxious? And I said this on the call. I have a few minutes. I feel like I should be helping somebody. Well, who, who can I help? You know, and then here comes Mark and says, hey, do you want to do this podcast? And well, so I see, I love that because you have trained yourself yes. to get almost anxious when you can't be of help. And there's a lot of people out in the world who it hasn't occurred to them that they can be of help. Right. And that this is so overwhelming right now that all they're doing is hoping somebody comes to help them. Okay. And maybe what people need, and, and tell me if I'm, if I'm mm -hmm. crazy here, right? Maybe what those people need is a gentle nudge to just call somebody yes. and see what can I do to help. Um, there's a book that I read many years ago and it was how to work a room. Mm -hmm. And one of the tricks was just act like you're the host. Ask people, do you know where the bar is? Do you know where people are putting their coats? Can I help you get your coat? Even though it's not your house, right. you know where the coats are being kept. You can help somebody. And that takes the nervousness of being a fellow guest. A great, great, great suggestion. Because the question, again, as it comes back to what you're saying, we already know what we can't do. It's so clear. We can't go outside. We can't run our businesses the way we do. We can't, we can't do all those things. Okay, so flip it around. What can I do? Just one, one what can I do? I'm thinking of all my friends and, and, and family in New York and any free minute that I have, I'm picking up the phone. I'm checking in with the people that I know that are living alone. You know, I have a stepdaughter that's living alone. I have, a, you know, another person that's living alone. What can I do? You know, I have, there's people downstairs in, in my building that put up signs. Um, if you need somebody to shop for you, you know, I'm happy to do that because they're, you know, they, because they can and they're willing. Yeah. So, so that idea of, of being of help makes us feel good. It just does. Yep. It just does. Uh, I, yeah, it, it, it does. And it calms you and helps take you out of those, those negative self thoughts because now it, it forces you to start thinking about others. And um, it's simple. The, the hard part is deciding you're going to do it. Once you get, yeah. In front of people and start being of help, uh, things get a lot easier. So, they, so to speak to that too, Mark, uh, as you begin to start to notice your thoughts, however they are, again, without judgment, I notice that I'm living in fear. I notice that I'm whatever it is. Okay. So we notice and you do have control, even though you might not think that you do, you can control what you focus on. The other thoughts that they may come in, they may float in. And again, when we go back to athletes who are like, you know, going down a slalom thing, it's not like they're not scared because they're scared. Trust me. Okay. But when they go into what, they, what they've done a million, million, million times, okay, the focus goes onto what they know. And that, that chatter side of the brain begins to quiet down. And, you know, that's where the peak performance starts to take over. So you can pay really close attention. How much news do you listen to? 
you know, my husband has a greater tolerance for it than I do. I want the news. I want to catch up. And then I'm gone because yeah. I recognize as soon as I listen to it too long. Okay. Now I'm back down into my fear and anxiety. No, no, no. I don't want, I don't want to be there. Yeah. I had a, I had a phone and talking to somebody and giving, then I'm not in that awful place. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, um, people who, set a plan for what they're going to do in the morning. And I, I think right now it's more important than ever to wake up in the morning or at night before you go to bed, plan the next day, make a plan for what you want to do. And when you're starting your routine for the day, look at what you have to get done. And now look at what you have to get done and say, what do I need to know about the world? What do I need to know about COVID in order to get this done? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost always nothing, <laughs> but, but if there's anything, get just that information. Go look for that information. Don't wallow in all of the news. Get that information, shut it down, and get about your, go on about your day. Yeah. Uh, because if, if the horrible news that we're, that we're awash in, if you let it wash over you, you're not going to get your day done. And you, it's going to be that much harder to be of help to others. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that, so a couple of things that I would leave your people with, you know, things that I have said and that again are things that I have trained myself to say over and over again, what's in my control, what's out of my control. That is absolutely number one. And number two, do my thoughts produce something useful for me? And if they don't, I need to change them. And I can do that. I can refocus my attention on something else, get absorbed in something else, even if it's for a couple minutes. And I notice again that here they come again. Okay, now what else can I do? And if you start with that, you know, deep breathing is really, really, really helpful because again, it, it, it calms down the nervous system. It changes that nervous system. And again, we want to recognize that our Part of the brain is always on alert. It's always looking for danger. And so when, and, and these times, when we have so much time on our hands, and it can take over. And so be, be disciplined with your mind. You really, really, really can. You really can train yourself to recognize, is it taking me down here? Is it taking me to a better place? Yeah. And so if people are having a hard time getting themselves disciplined, they can reach out to you. Go ahead and tell them again how to do it. Yes. It's Tina, T-I-N-A, at masteryunderpressure.com. And I also have a quiz. It's masteryunderpressure.net. And it will give you a really good reading on where you are on those five mental skills that I gave. Focus, relaxation, dealing with negative self-talk how to visualize and dealing with fear. Great. Masteryunderpressure.net. Yes. Reach her at uh, Tina at masteryunderpressure.com. Correct. Great. So Tina, what a great, what a gift that you are here today. Thank you for making the time. Thanks for sharing your thoughts and your your wisdom and your experience. Thank you. And And bless everybody. Yes. And so thanks everybody for tuning into the value clarity podcast. And, Uh, I always close by saying that value is something that only exists between your customer ears. Uh, Tina 
uh, and this, this today's conversation uh, kind of highlights that customer value is only in their perception. So it boils down to the fact that your success is all in your customer's brain. <laughs> so thanks everybody. I appreciate your joining us and have a great day. Well, it ain't easy cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive both of you insane. And if you ignore your customers' outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues cause you'll be singing those old don't know value blues. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.